I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Defeating al-Qaeda in Yemen is one of the top priorities on President Obama's national security agenda. But Obama isn't the first White House occupant to take up that fight. Let's go back to the year 2000 and the bombing of the USS Cole. There was an explosion uh, caused externally to the ship. There are more than 30 injured. Some if, as it now appears, this was an act of terrorism, it was a despicable and cowardly act. The coal was docked in the Yemeni port of Aden when a dinghy packed with explosives plowed into the side of the warship. 17 American sailors were killed and 39 were injured. Then came the attacks of September 11, 2001, which drew attention away from Yemen and onto Afghanistan and later Iraq. That changed again in 2008 with an attack on the U.S. Embassy in the Yemeni capital, Sana'a. We understand that there were two vehicle-borne bombs that were part of this attack. One objective of these extremists as they kill is to try to cause the United States to lose our nerve and to uh, withdraw from regions of the world. Gregory Johnson is author of The Last Refuge, Yemen, Al-Qaeda, and America's War in Arabia. He describes that 2008 attack on the embassy. This is an attack that took place on the U.S. Embassy in Sana'a in September of 2008. And this is really the moment where the U.S. once again woke up to the threat of al-Qaeda in Yemen. There had been a prison break in February of 2006 in which 23 al-Qaeda members tunneled out of this maximum security prison in Sana'a. They tunneled their way into a mosque. They said their morning prayers, and then they walked out the front door to, to freedom. And that's, that's really the genesis moment of al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. And two years later, in 2008, they were able to carry out this, this attack on the U.S. Embassy. And what happened is al-Qaeda essentially used a one-two punch. So they had the first car. They had a lot of bombs in the, in the car. It drove through the opening gate there at the embassy, and it was speeding its way towards the final gate where it would attempt to sort of explode and then breach the door, and then another five attackers would sort of run in through that breach with automatic machine guns and attempt to kill as many Americans as they could. Thankfully, in this case, a Yemeni security guard, a a local individual was able to lower a bar that forced the car to to explode several yards away from the gate. But this is the moment in September 2008 when the U.S. really woke back up that al-Qaeda is once again a threat and is carrying out attacks against the U.S. I mean, that narrative sounds a little like Benghazi in September of 2012. Uh, Do you think the U.S. let its guard down in 2008 in, in Yemen? Absolutely. I think what happened is that al-Qaeda in Yemen was largely defeated by the end of 2003-2004. And essentially the U.S., along with the Yemeni government, took their eye off the ball, took their eye off what al-Qaeda was doing. And so when this prison break happened in February of 2006, they paid very little attention to it. And al-Qaeda essentially had two years in which to rebuild their organization up from the ashes with, with no sort of interference or pressure from either the U.S. or Yemeni governments. And the result was then this attack in September 2008 and, of course, all the attacks that have taken place since then.
Right. So uh, we've got the underwear bomber Umar Farouk Abdul Mutalib uh, from Nigeria who was uh, stopped on his way into Detroit with a bomb. There was also the printer cartridge bombs that were found on cargo planes. That was uh, that was a plot that was foiled. Let's just move straight up to 2011 and the cleric Anwar al-Awlaki and the announcement of his death. As we know, he was involved in the Detroit bombing. He was involved in the cargo bombing. Uh, efforts. He continued to try to inspire people. So the loss of Anwar al-Awlaki was brought about through a a drone strike. Um, You were just in Yemen, Gregory Johnson. How are the U.S. military and CIA drone programs perceived there right now? Well, they're incredibly unpopular in Yemen. For the last three years, what we've seen is that the U.S. has carried out a number of drone and a number of airstrikes against al-Qaeda in Yemen in an attempt to eradicate the organization, in an attempt to keep the organization back on their heels enough that they're not able to carry out an attack against the United States. So this is what we saw with the drone strike that killed Anwar al-Awlaki. The Obama administration has attempted to be very clear that it doesn't want to get sucked into any sort of a war in Yemen, that it wants to only target the top commanders of al-Qaeda who are plotting and planning against the United States. The problem is that the U.S. says there's about 10 to 15 of these individuals that it's trying to kill in Yemen. This year, it's carried out anywhere from 37 to 50 strikes in Yemen, 37 to 50 strikes in an attempt to kill 10 to 15 individuals. So in my view, one of two things is happening. Either the drone strikes aren't as accurate as we're continually being told that they are, or the U.S. is targeting many more individuals than those 10 to 15 on its list. And I think if it's the latter, then the U.S. really does run the risk of being sucked into a much longer, a much costlier conflict in Yemen. Gregory Johnson writes the blog Wak al-Wak and is the author of the new book, The Last Refuge, Yemen, Al-Qaeda, and America's War in Arabia. Gregory, good to speak with you again. Thank you. Thanks so much, Marco.